0: hello and welcome to hometown glory your spurs and culture podcast i actually can't remember what episode this is going to be because this season has just been utterly interminable and without end so we'll fix that later i guess Um, If you thought things couldn't get worse after Sunday, I regret to inform you that, to quote the peerless Cordelia Chase, here is a lower place. I'm Rosa and I'm joined by Billy and Charlie as we react to the news that Christian Cellini has finally been put out of his misery, that Ryan Mason is being forced to pick up the pieces yet again. But I'll level with you, I can only think about one thing right now. Maurizio Pochettino is about to go to Chelsea and I don't think I'm being dramatic when I say it's the worst thing to have happened ever. Who is with me? Billy. Yay or nay?
1: Uh yay, I'm with you. Um, I just feel like angry, to be honest. Um, angry at the club for allowing it to happen and angry at him. Um I'm re- deeply disappointed that he's doing this. Um, I'm deeply disappointed that the club are doing this. Um, and my anger is sort of pointed at both of them. Um, I I, I do understand the fact that you know we we ha- we should have approached him we've just sort of let him do this, but I can't believe he's doing this to us, man. Like, he knows what the Chelsea rivalry is. He experienced it not only in a full sort of title race against them, but in the Leicester season, they were the one... He saw that, that how much they enjoyed the downfall of us. He experienced it in the Battle of the Bridge. Um, and I don't understand how you can go through that and then, you know, have the connection that he supposedly had of us and then do this to us. So um, I'm sorry to announce, but he's dead to me if he does this.
0: Yeah, I can't really... I've been on a real like journey with my emotions about this because when it, like I've, I've I've gone through the whole sort of blaming the club thing because I think it's been an absolute disgrace and I can't, I'm with you. I can't, but I could just, I can't believe we haven't even asked him. But so I was more inclined to feel more kindly about him. I guess when it didn't feel real to me, I was like, well, he's been out of work for a year. He lives in London. You know, you can't, if you're a, a, if you're a manager, you, you can't be out of the game that long because then after a while, you're sort of, you're yesterday's man, aren't you? People just kind of stop talking about you. They don't, your name doesn't get mentioned. Um, but I think I just felt that while I, while I was like, I mean, there was just a part of me that was like, he won't do this to us. He won't do this to us because of everything that like he meant to us and everything that I thought we meant him. And now it seems like it's really, really going to happen. I feel genuinely so heartbroken and so betrayed and i feel like i'm just like i i really feel like i'm gonna cry i genuinely feel like i'm having an existential crisis right now like a sort of mini breakdown is it a mini breakdown i don't know it might just be a full breakdown is it pathetic i don't know man
2: it's it's not pathetic rosa it's not pathetic in the slightest i think
0: thank you you're very kind (laughs) uh
2: i think particularly because i think for most of us you have your everyday normal brain and you have your football brain right Mm -hmm. and I think unfortunately this is one of those situations where no matter how much you try and engage your normal brain and you apply that those those reasons and that reasoning that you and Billy have just spoken about he's been out of the game for a while he's a professional he wants to succeed at the highest level you know the facts that the facts are that Tottenham sacked him in the first place, so you know they literally fired him six months after, not even six months after, getting the club to a Champions League final. If anything, he sh- you know he shouldn't have been harbouring these sort of deep seated emotional ties to the club. He should have been seething that you know how dare they sack me in the first place? I'm going to go off and manage Chelsea sooner to to get my revenge on this these bunch of idiots. However, it's it's Chelsea, and no matter what. Loyalty he feels that he perhaps doesn't owe Tottenham Hotspur. You would have just hoped, you would have hoped that he would have felt some loyalty to the fans. And I think that's what I can't, I can't join up my football brain to my regular brain with that last bit. I can can understand on a professional level, moving, you know, accepting an awful lot of money from Chelsea, managing all those incredible young players they've got, having endless budget, Etc, etc. Of course, it's appealing staying in London, his family's in London, blah, blah, blah. However, you would have just hoped that if there were two clubs that he wouldn't have done this with, you know, obviously one being Arsenal, the other being Chelsea, that he would have just steered clear. Um, But, you know, it just seems like whatever the punchline is, it's normally got something to do with Tottenham, right? And we should be conditioned for this. We're going to get into in a little while, you know, why we should have been prepared for this coming based on the long and sordid history of portrayals that we have endured from all sorts of characters. But it's just, you're right, it's completely heartbreaking and it's it's deeply frustrating because it also, you know, it means that everyone's laughing at us again. Like Arsenal fans find it hilarious, Chelsea fans... There they
0: don't is. even want him. They don't well, want him. Well, I mean, in, some of the I found it's
2: interesting too. now that they're like performing backflips, like sort of propping up his record at Tottenham and all the all the magic that he achieved with Next to Nothing is now actually incredible, and all the all of that sort of he didn't win a trophy, bottle of stuff is is being completely forgotten, which of course it's going to be because that's how football fandoms work. But um, unless like unless Julian Nagelsmann can be convinced. And, you know, for the record, and I know it sounds like it's very easy to say this at this point, but I, if you'd have asked me a month ago who I would have wanted to replace Conte and you'd have given me Pochettino or Nagelsmann, I'd, I would have chosen Nagelsmann because honestly, I think it's better to look forward. I think the club needs a brand new start in so many ways. But now it's happening and it's happening with Chelsea. Of course, it's 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 football an emotional thing, and this is about as devastating a you know a thing as we you know this is our guy right? This was our guy. We thought we had our our Fergie, our Wenger, our sort of lifetime love, and now he's going to be the manager of Chelsea, the club that despises us.
0: And and he was he was our you know because of the kind of club that we are and the way you know we don't we don't win. The same stuff as other clubs um at least not in you know the, the caveat of it being in the premier league era because obviously i you know we have to remind people that actually football existed before the premier league and we did win stuff but anyway that aside um he was as much of our fergie as we were ever gonna get and he was our guy and he's but also he is an emotional guy this is the man that was like in absolute tears on the pitch in amsterdam And
2: And when White Hart Lane shut and, you know, all sorts of, yeah. Like
0: he lived all of that with us. This, I mean, this is the thing. Now we're going back over it. It's actually making me feel even worse. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Because we've actually experienced quite a lot. It's not just him, but what happened during his tenure, right? We left White Hart Lane. So we had quite a lot of those emotional experiences with him. And, you know, the rise of Kane was all with him. I just, I can't believe it, man. I can't, I I mean, I sort of feel like nothing means anything. If like things have to, football has to mean something that's not just winning or losing, right? I think this
2: is, I think this is a reminder that maybe, you know, we were talking in our group chat earlier, right? And Tom, who unfortunately can't be here tonight, was saying, you know, for 90% of Players and coaches, it's you know, it's it's a business and you make business decisions. And I think we all hoped that Poch would be part of that ten percent. And let's be honest, that number is probably smaller in reality. It's probably closer to one or two percent.
0: But I genuinely believed it. That's not even a hard like it wouldn't yeah. have even occurred to me to think anything else of him.
2: Which, I think this is I don't the know, thing. But maybe
0: I'm just not cut out for this.
2: Well, we just, I think our guard was down, right? I think, you Mm. know, the the way that he spoke about Tottenham after he left, after he was sacked and he was still talking about, I'll be back one day, you know, I've got unfinished business, this is the club of my heart. The way that he had spoken about, you know, his emotional tie to Espanol and how it would, you know, he, I'm not sure if he backtracked on this a little bit later on, but he had initially spoken about never being able to manage Barcelona because of his feelings towards Espanol. For all of these reasons, I think we were fully justified and we are fully justified right now to feel this bereft because he conditioned us to believe that he wasn't one of these dudes and that maybe he was one of these sort of special as soppy and silly as us fans types that would put the feelings of supporters a wee bit higher perhaps than many, many of his you know colleagues. But here we are.
1: Yeah, and I just want to... um. Talk about this thing that's sort of going around that, you know, well, he's not driven in Arsenal, so what's the big deal? Like, that's total bullshit, to be honest, man. Like, I mean, first of all, he said it himself that Chelsea are real, are real rivals, um, you know, and we were competing for that sort of <laughs> title of them. But anyone who's been to a, a Tottenham Chelsea game knows that that is a serious, like, ugly rivalry. Uh, Arsenal-Tottenham is like a geographical rivalry that's obviously developed into two of our main rivals and they will always be our main rivals. But Chelsea's been kind of like born out of a history of violence and like vile chanting towards each other. Every single Chelsea home game, they sing We Hate Tottenham at the beginning of it. And that's the sort of thing that he's signing up for. And he That's knows That's where that. he's going. He's I can't. Been he he's been he's been on the in the dugout when they sing We Hate Tottenham at, at the beginning of every single home game. He's watched like their fans and players celebrate a two-two draw of us that meant nothing to them other than ruining our title. Like he knows exactly what he's doing here. And he said himself that these are our proper rivals. Like it's bullshit that they're not, you know, a, a rival comparable to Arsenal. They might be on the, the tier slightly down from us, but they're still like, a hated, heated rival. And it's a, it's an ugly rivalry as well. It's got a history of you know, hooligan violence has got, you know, the horrific chance that we get um, and the horrific chance that we get back as well. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a horrid rivalry and he knows that and he's experienced it and he is sort of, there's no way that it's like, oh, well, it's not after so it doesn't matter. It really does matter and it's a, I, I think it's a massive betrayal, to be honest.
0: I've got a question for you guys, actually. Do you think this is, where does this sit, um, uh, like, compared to Sol Campbell? for you
1: i think the the thing with me uh, personally is i was very very young when the soul campbell thing happened i didn't Mm. really like i I had a soul campbell i think i've spoken to about before i had a soul campbell poster on my wall when it happened and uh, my dad took it down um i I was too young to feel like the sort of the the emotion that i'm feeling now um so for me like i'm not saying it's worse than soul campbell i'm just saying i'm i'm now at a level where i know more about it and i know like i'm more emotionally developed to feel it more as a child I don't fully understand those kind of things um so yeah this one really really hurts for me and the sort of the, i mean i'm not going to get too deep here because this is you know i don't want this to descend into a sort of horrific podcast but there's a worry too late in we're
0: there already <laughs> there's a worry <laughs> in
1: me that this is a, like a dress rehearsal for summer and like this is sort of how I imagine the Kane thing is eventually going to feel when he does go um, and I it's just made me realise I can't hack him going to um, obviously I, I don't think he will, I genuinely don't think he will do it but I could not hack him going somewhere like Chelsea or Arsenal if we have to sell him to Man United this summer to avoid all doubt of that because obviously Levy would never sell to those two there's no chance of it but in a year's time he'll be on a free um, and, and there's nothing we could do about it so uh, I don't know it's maybe getting my feelings about Kane as well to be honest because it hurts it really hurts this Pochettino thing and I just sort of worry about the implications what that will have when you know as much as I love Pochettino it doesn't mean anything close as much to me as Harry Kane does so you know I
0: hope it's not like a dress for hats that. That's it it's made everything completely unsteady I feel like everything I thought I knew is a lie. <laughs> Well, well, that, I mean, has red me. I've
1: I've always <laughs> said to uh, me and Charlie have had this conversation before. Like, I've always said Kane will never do that to us. But now, I no, don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anymore. I don't. I honestly don't know anymore. Well, my concern know. is that There's if Kane
0: like,
2: if Kane doesn't get what he wants this summer, and you you have to assume he's going to be asking, you know, look, please now cash in on me, make some money. Like you know, you guys have a fresh start. I have a fresh start. You know, particularly if. You know, Tottenham do attract a decent manager. He, I'm sure, will be saying to them, Look, this is a perfect opportunity. Give the manager some money, brand new team, new era. Let me go off to Man United or whatever and, you know, live out whatever ridiculous dreams he has. But if we say no again and we dig our heels in and we try and also do some of the sort of nonsense that was being pulled on both sides a couple of summers ago, where Spurs were sort of throwing him under the bus and then he was throwing Spurs under the bus. You know that could get really ugly and it could push him into a position where he does just build up this sort of but and basically this is what you know to go back to your question Rose. this is kind of what happened with campbell right he felt that he was sort of let down by tottenham he felt that he was you know stripped of the captaincy he felt that he you know broken promises were being made etc cetera, etc cetera, and that eventually culminated in him you know doing you know this sort of ultimate betrayal and i you know again to answer your question i think I think that is worse because that was a direct. He went from being, you know, Tottenham club captain, literally went behind the club's back into negotiations with Arsenal, and then the next thing you know, he's in a press conference with an Arsenal shirt and Arsene Wenger. You know, yeah, actually that was
0: really brutal. That was, I I mean, we are we are just very lucky,
2: and also there was no social media, and that you know was huge. I mean, had Twitter been around then, I think the collective seethe heartbreak sort of joy and you know ridiculousness on the Arsenal side and and you know on the Spurs side with the heartbreak. I think Twitter would have like caved in on itself and would have just like mm. exploded had had that been a thing then. And you know, and I think because because we did sack Poch and we haven't extended, you know, an olive branch this summer by or this year by offering him the job, I I don't think it's quite as bad. But Fuck me! It's gonna be it's gonna be awful. Like it's gonna be absolutely terrible. And you know we have to, you know we just have to hope that Tottenham are doing. I I can't even say this with a straight face. that Tottenham are like trying desperately to get their shit together to ensure that something is going on that makes us feel like there is some kind of direction or some sort of you know plan and purpose to to what comes next for us. Because otherwise, you know, I mean, fuck me, we could be looking at a season where Arsenal win the title. West Ham win a European trophy. Pochettino is the manager of Chelsea. You know, our director of football is basically in prison. Our, you know, fitness fitness coach died. Conte like bolted halfway through the season, came back for a bit and then sort of called us out for being a bunch of losers and then left anyway. We had his and then we proved him right. Then we proved him right by keeping his weird zombie staff on. Played some of the worst football the Premier League has ever seen, and that, and we've still got six games to go. It's not even over yet. It's I was going to
0: add. I'm just going to add to that. Just, just so, just, just to be a completist. Spurs women could get relegated, and Arsenal women could win the Champions League. Yeah, so yeah, they like could a, win the
2: double, of course, because they could also win. I mean it's a bit of a long shot. They're not now, gonna win the double. The yeah. They're not. Um, so sure that's,
0: <laughs> Lol, that's all right.
1: <laughs> you guys are forgetting Emerson Royale could go to Real
2: Madrid as well. So very true. Oh very didn't true. didn't Billy didn't Emerson himself yeah, he sort did. of call out his dad he basically did. earlier. Like, oh
1: I, did he? Like, yeah, he was like, I've never even spoken to my dad about it. <laughs> 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 so there was our we can true... still
0: rely on one man, yeah. Been, you know, that man, that of... man is Davinson Sanchez, by the way. Yeah,
1: the true but... loyalty is
0: Emerson
1: yeah.
2: Dav, Dav, after our you know our sort of heated podcast last week, he came on and was the most responsible player on that pitch for Tottenham Hotspur man on, of the match on Sunday. He <laughs> was he was really really good. Um,
0: before yeah. this gets super dark, I just um. I'm I'm going to say one last dark thing, and then we'll and then we'll move on. Which is that I said this to you just before we started, Charlie. And I do have to wonder because I was arguing about this with Ollie as well. Is I'm so upset about this. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Like I've always known I'm not really cut out for this. If I'm honest, (laughs) but I you know kind of soldier regardless. Um, I feel like this is a sign from the universe. Just like you should just stand down now you've 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 served your time be free
2: do you think you can though like because I think we're you know everyone yeah, I asks mean, that's themselves a that
0: question I guess
2: yeah yeah like do you honestly think particularly because you know you live with a massive Spurs fan as well could you
0: he was I mean, like that... what are we going to talk about if you quit <laughs>
2: Yeah, you guys have never had to. You've not. You've never not had Spurs as your sort of crux in that way, right? But I
0: know it's what brought us together, which is so kind of perfect and maddening at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, this is the other thing. Like, what am I going to do? Like, quit all of the group chats. I'm in with you guys. That's not going to happen. And just be like, should we just? what just talk about telly no that's not going to happen I mean, we could so realistically no we could
2: just very easily talk yeah. about telly. it rosa you know for well you would like have learned three languages within a year you would have you know you would have got a doctorate or something don't however however much don't do any of are, those things don't do any of those things <laughs> don't actually live out your potential stay with us in the well
0: that's so spurs isn't it don't live out your potential stay here That's basically what we're
2: asking harry kane <laughs> <Cain> to do <laughs>
0: um okay I think that's yeah that's answered it for me really I I would but I can't um the other thing is I feel like I probably should be handling it better because we've got a lot of practice in this area um we Billy put out a tweet earlier today that asked you all to uh, name your favorite betrayal I before we dig into that um I want your favourite betrayal, guys. Billy, I know you, you've got at least one, if not more.
1: By favourite, do you mean most painful? Or or le- technically least favourite, right?
0: <laughs> it's no. got to be the most painful. You can have yeah. one of each.
1: So mine was like... Oh, okay, I and mean, so it can't
0: like, be Campbell or Poch. This is yeah, the, this and because, is the deal, because
1: yeah. of my age, I kind of missed out the whole Campbell thing anyway. And like, I w- was really guided by Luka Modric um, when that whole kind of transfer saga happened about him. Being on the boat with Chelsea and then sort of agreeing to stay for one year and then going to Real Madrid, like uh, M- M- Modric was a player that I just totally and utterly fell in love with in every single way. And then to see that he basically was begging to go to Chelsea really hurt me. And I was again, that, that was exactly the right sort of age where I was really starting to feel like, um, you know, totally. Obsessed with Tottenham and everything, and that that really really broke me that on. So yeah, mine is definitely Luka Modric. Um, another one slightly before that as well, which really hurt me is Carrick, because again, I think both of the re- reason for both of those things are they were by miles our best player at the time, and I just felt like we're not supposed to have nice things if these guys are just going to leave us straight away. And I didn't. The, the funny thing is, is I been like a succession of those midfielders. where like I didn't think we'd ever replace Carrick, and then we ended up with Modric. I didn't think we'd ever replace Modric, and then we ended up with Dembele. Like. I guess it, it, the lesson is you know you can move on from these things and good things do come just around the corner even when you're at your most betrayed.
2: Where's my where's my Yan then Billy? I'm still waiting for my new Yan. On his it's his birthday as well by the way. Happy oh birthday. Oh god, Happy so
0: birthday. Yan you, might, yeah, you, you might, deserve that.
1: You might come back with company that's my sort of one of my dreams that I have at the moment so
0: that is like one of the few things that I think could fix this for me. What I'm taking from yours though, Bill, is that Luka Modric is a better person than Pochettino because he did not go to Chelsea.
2: Exactly. Even he did Modric try though, didn't he? Didn't didn't he. He. Like, that he didn't was... do it. <laughs> no, I think because right. we stopped him. Yeah,
0: even if we, we didn't <laughs> let him, but eventually, but then he could have gone the next year, but we didn't. Okay. Well, wasn't
2: there that ridiculous story about him like having to be smuggled onto uh, Roman Abramovich's yacht and stuff yeah. for secret talks? Yeah, he was, like, he get, was proper, yeah. like, proper ratty behaviour. Um, but
0: then he came back and gave us like the best season ever. So he did
2: give us his like, please let me go season, yeah. um which is we're too is forgiving.
0: Fun. These people just feel like they can betray us because we forgive. Maybe I sh- we should just harden our hearts. um I'm getting I'm getting ready to boo Potch. Is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> Charlie, what about you?
2: Well, mine ties into that because as I'm sure anyone who's listened to at least one episode of this podcast knows. Aside from Jan tongue and my all time favorite is is Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, And I was 11 when he left the first time. Uh, And it was around the time that like my parents were breaking up and it was all this big sort of mush of emotional sort of awfulness at the time. Um, And I remember my dad took me to a Spurs game and we were very fortunate. It was through work. We got to go into hospitality for the afternoon And, um, and we were coming out and in the old white Hart lane the sort of car park was right by the stadium and it was where the players parked and if you were sort of lucky enough to be in the posh bit you could park in there as well and uh and jürgen was was leaving at the time um he was getting in his car and i i saw him my dad looked at me and went don't you dare run over there and before he could do anything i just ran over so i was about 11 at the time i think and um yeah, I would have been 11. And uh, I just was like, please don't go, Jurgen. Please don't go. I beg you. Please don't go. You're my favorite player. Please don't go. You can't go. And he just had the, you know, quite rightly, the look of a horrified man who had a sort of very tall, gangly, idiot 11 year old sort of basically crying at him in a car park. Um, and then I think it was about six days later, he announced he was leaving to go to Bayern Munich. So that betrayal is an 11 year old that was in a bit of an emotional. Uh, Sort of on an emotional roller coaster. Anyway,
0: that's personal as well. You asked that, him not to I go. I literally asked anyway. him.
2: I begged him. I was on, essentially I on my like knees. I feel
0: completely differently about Jürgen now. Actually, however, I feel what like I will I say, story,
2: but... what I will say, is that he then came back and saved us, and I feel like that did, is yeah. that kind of captures, really that that sort of parable captures. Captures, I think, my own sort of Spurs supported him in that you can be like. You can fall massively in love with these people. They break your heart. And then occasionally there's a redemption arc and they do come back and it's all okay again. And you forgive them and you end on a nice, lovely note. And then you can look back and go, well, do you know what? That like taught me something. And do you know what? That sort of hardened me up for life. Do you know what? Like you should let these people free to go and achieve what they want to achieve. You shouldn't hold them back as long as they come back and, you know, do right by you in the end. And we've had a few of those, right? Because that's what Teddy did. He came back, and you know. But I got... think
0: Teddy was not good when he came back. I'll be honest. i, I And he really... was about
2: like sixty-three yeah. years old.
0: <laughs> it was too. It was too little, too late for me by that point. Because Teddy's actually one of my main betrayals.
2: But I so. feel like Teddy. Teddy, like when you look at how long he was with us the first time around, and how bad so many of those teams were, like he had to watch people like you know, Jürgen leave, Bambi leave, like all the good ones left. And he was just stuck there for ages. Until oh, 19- Bambi
0: leaving because he was fucking homesick, <laughs> that little snake. That,
2: that's one of mine as well, actually. That yeah. was really shitty. Um, and then he, like, you know, just travelled around the country endlessly playing for like 500 teams, but apparently he wasn't homesick then. Um Nick. They were all in the <laughs> North, actually, weren't they? So maybe that's fair enough. Anyway, so yeah, Jürgen's my kind of all-time one, but... I thought I would tell that story because I feel like there is sort of a happy ending that does perhaps sort of capture, you know, what we have to brace ourselves with. And mm, I was gonna say maybe there's a happy thing with the potch stuff, but I don't and for I was gonna ask a question to you guys before and this without getting back into sort of bleak neighborhood. Does this mean, do you think, that he can't come back and manage Tottenham again?
0: Yeah, we're done. We're Definitely. done
2: here. Okay. Definitely. Wow, Rosa! I never (laughs) thought I'd hear you say that. Never.
0: Honestly, I even as early as like,
2: was recently, rather as like this morning.
0: I think. Yeah, um, I think it's just now it's real. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore, man. You can't, you can't hurt me. Like, you can't hurt me and just expect me to just take it and just endlessly Mm. take it. No, I say no. Enough
2: the
1: other day but I think um, there's two ways we could have got closure with, with him one of them is him coming back and winning a trophy with us and the other one is him um, betraying us and joining our rivals and like you don't need to be a Spurs fan for a long time to understand which universe that we live in right now like, obviously <laughs> it's the other one so
2: that yeah, is a big I, silver I, lining though like it doesn't feel like it right now but you know could you imagine if we you know say we appoint even even men I think even someone is sort of a list as that had they come in and gotten off to a rocky start, and Poch was still unemployed. You know, people were still singing his name in the stadium. I think it would have been so difficult for literally anyone to have taken the job this this summer, going into next season, particularly if Kane does leave, and not have this sort of looming spectre of of Poch sort of on their shoulder the whole time. So now, you know, hopefully the whole club can be just like energized with. Eight, essentially and and even not you know and I keep talking about Julian Nagelsmann knowing full well that I'm jinxing this but like he you know he apparently if you read the reports sort of went into the talks with Chelsea kind of thinking it was like on a promise that it was his job before they've like gone actually no we don't really like you very much off you go we're not interested so he's gonna hopefully come to Spurs fueled with a fuck you Chelsea like how dare you like turn me down i'm like the fucking boy wonder you should have snapped me up in a heartbeat so maybe collectively we can be fueled by some big old sort of fuck you energy and not have sort of saint poch sort of sat there with his big flag and everyone chanting his magic you know and we can actually move forward so that's that's my like big silver lining let's fucking go tottenham us against the world fuck chelsea little rousing speech um Sorry, I interrupted, Rosa. What's your betrayal?
0: <laughs> no, I'm kind of, uh, this is interesting because this is sort of similar to what Ollie was saying to me earlier. And I just, I'm not, I just don't think I've got that. I mean, I I obviously do. I'm obviously a very like a petty, like angry person, really. Um, but I just, I'm not really motivated <laughs> by that. So, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure I'll figure out I'll, th- I'll figure out a way of dealing with it I, think, I
2: think you I will without telling you how you're going to feel It's <laughs> fine please do it. If it yeah, too. if
0: you're going to tell me that I'm going to feel okay then I will take it
2: What I would remind us all is that by the time Nuno turned up in the summer of 2021 we were all so sort of broken by that stage that we um we were like oh Nuno's here it's all going to be fine this is amazing we've finally got Some sort of dad character. Selling point. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this. Essentially, I think I'm saying that I think you're going to feel better when some someone who. Is going to trot out, granted, the same usual platitudes and cliches about, you know, I'm going to make you proud and this is my club I just, now. Honestly,
0: I don't. If anyone says that, I, I'll just be like, <laughs> you, no.
2: That's too triggering, sure. That's yeah. too triggering. However, just you know, no if- fr-
0: like, I don't want anybody to talk about being proud. I don't want anybody to start giving like warm bear hugs. No, none of it. Just steer well clear. Yeah. I don't just, honestly, I don't want any like passion talk. Just, so I just yeah, need kind of We be German. Is- kind yeah. of the bill really. Yeah. I
2: think we just need someone who comes in and is is ours that we can vaguely get behind. And I think we've proved to, to ourselves in the past that we are pretty good at getting behind almost anybody. And <laughs> if it does happen to be a Nugglesman or a company or someone that's got something about them and that you can buy into, I think we're going to be okay. And I think that's when the sort of ridiculous like, do you know what the, this club is awful, but it's my club, and I can't leave you idiots. So I'm just gonna have to like get back on the horse, and you know, be fueled by some sort of mad, you know, hatred for what Chelsea are now and how good Arsenal are, and all that stuff. Like, we'll we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, okay. I think I feel I
0: slightly less when I when I joined this um, pod. I was like. Nothing nothing means anything anymore. It's all, you know, ashes. Um so I feel slightly <laughs> less like that now. So thank you very much. <laughs>
2: That's all right. Let's bring you back down. Tell us your betrayal. Yeah, let's
0: talk about my betrayals. I have I have many because as I've already said, I'm an extremely petty person. The uh yeah, aforementioned mentioned Teddy, um yeah, Barbie, Stephen Carr, obviously a classic of the genre. I Feel more recent times, I feel very personally betrayed by Eriksson, even though I know, like, again, I know we never went in for him, but I genuinely feel angry about that and, like, kind of hope he's on the way down, really. Um, so there's that. Like,
2: blo-, blo literally died on a football pitch, but Rose is like... That's, that's not that enough curious. for me,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, because he died, but then, you know, he came back to Man United. So that's just, you know, one cancels out the other, I'm afraid. Um, it's almost like he didn't see any of my social media posts saying I'm really I like I miss you and I hope you're OK. So fuck him. Um, uh, also, the other day, Danny Rose allegedly saying that he wants Kane to go to United. How dare you?
2: I mean, I would it's put Danny Rose's, Danny Rose's in the- interview with the sun up there as well, because that was a dark he, I remember yeah. us oh, all that being was such on a, a
0: terrible summer, wasn't oh. it? That day when everyone was like, oh God, there's been Because was trailed, like somebody's wasn't done it? a bombshell yeah. interview, and we were like, please don't let it be one of ours. Oh, it's one of ours.
2: Awful. Yeah. That was so bad. Yeah, that yeah. was really bad.
0: Uh, we've had some classic right back betrayals as well, obviously, Carl Walker. Um, a, a real niche one for me is Les Ferdinand telling Musa Dembele that if he kept it up, he could play for Real Madrid someday. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, represented everything that was wrong with our football club at that point. But the my number one. I once
2: is that he just signed and was really rubbish for a few years and then yeah. just went to West Ham.
0: Bad enough as it was, yeah. Mm.
2: Um,
0: but obviously, I remember today my number one betrayal of all time, never to be forgotten or forgiven, Tim Sherwood stabbing AVB in the back. It doesn't get any worse.
2: Remind me, how did he, how precisely did he stab him in the back, other than the fact he took over from him? What was he was, a, he
0: was part of like the endless campaign of like leaks.
2: Oh, oh, Look, I, see I what can't you mean. prove okay. it,
0: but I'm pretty sure it's true.
2: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, he was
0: AVB was caught con- like, I'm not saying AVB helped himself because he is extremely Tottenham in that way, but he was constantly undermined by his own backroom staff, of which uh, Tim Sherwood was like the ringleader. I'm pretty sure we know this. He was like feeding stuff to, you know, Martin Samuel and that gang.
2: Tim Sherwood is at the heart of many of the bleakest Tottenham tales because that, that Sol Campbell thing, I remember reading that George Graham giving uh, Tim Sherwood the captaincy um, off Campbell was one of the things that nudged him out the door. So it's oh just- my God, Really? Yeah, and Sherwood was like campaigning to be made captain because he was like, "I've won the Premier League. I'm the only winner in this dressing room. I'm the man." Blah blah blah. Just poison that. And
0: he was terrible captain. for us.
2: Yeah, largely, largely yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, should we go to the go to the listeners?
1: Yeah, man, we've um, we've got loads of them. So some of them have already come up, but are we? Doing? I am
2: shocked that Tottenham <laughs> fans have a history. <laughs>
1: the so, rich yeah. history
2: of portrayals that they want to get off their and, chest
1: and some of them obviously we banned um Hotch and Saul campbell from the outset because obviously they go without saying um so Tottenham simpson says gaza going to lazio still hurts to this day um tara says when spurs sold chris waddle this one comes up quite a lot um to pay for the east end rebuild never forgive um ollie says rosa airing my tantrums on national radio there you go i believe that was today right
0: rosa yeah um, i chatted um <laughs> yeah i was on radio earlier today um and I mentioned uh, our different coping mechanisms, and mine are just to, as you guys know, to run away. And Ollie's are to kind of sit for an entire game and then go out for a rage walk afterwards. So I
2: mentioned. <laughs> Both are Both are valid.
1: Real yeah. life betrayal. Or um, for real, sharing and breaking my heart. Um, Nathan says Robbie Keane be begging to join one of his ten boyhood Oh clubs. yeah, another another comeback story. Maybe mm. not happier happier as the other come, uh, the Klinsman one though. Um, Tim says something about Stephen Carr. I don't know what it was exactly, but the way he left supposedly bigger team, and it was actually Newcastle, which feels all rather pertinent right now, especially. Oh, um, yeah. Dan says Jurgen going to Bayern was a tough one. Um, Jürgen stay for one more year. The emotional chant on the last day of the season. Ruddock going to Liverpool was also very annoying. That's not one that I considered. That's a good one. Um, Sean says Conte after Southampton. He may have been right in a lot of what he said, but you're our manager, so stick up for us publicly. Don't just give ammunition to our rivals. Um, I think that is another podcast in itself. We could get into that. Um, By the way, doesn't that
2: feel like that was about six months ago? Yeah, well, I cannot believe that was like... I thought that was going to be the
1: point, point of the season, but then... Everything else <laughs> happened. Um Daniel Levy, uh, uh, one that I could not agree with more, end of the season where he sacked Jose. Before Nuno, he said to us all we would be looking for a coach to bring good football back. He mentioned the club DNA, if I remember rightly. Um Matt says Jason Dazelle, going back to Ipswich on loan. Um <laughs>
2: There you go. my favourite one. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. the best <laughs> one. Uh, now, actually, I think this is going to be your favourite one, Charlie, because Ben Spurs, this is the kind of stuff we like on the show, says how we went from Holston and Umbro to Hewlett-Packard and Pony was Pony. There you go. That was yes. the
2: season, that was the yeah. summer Jürgen left as well. That was, <laughs> oh my it could God. not have got more bleak. It was. Is <laughs> <laughs> this like awful. the worst
0: year of your life?
2: <laughs> it could
1: also not have got more Charlie either.
2: <laughs> as soon yeah, as I was, saw that
0: tweet, I was like, this is it. This is the stuff. I think,
2: my my parents breaking up come a third a, a very strong third <laughs> in in those awful th- things.
1: <laughs> uh, Delhi says um, character United. Tom says the way and manner Berbatov went it was a time that I really yeah. This is what we were just talking about earlier actually. Early a- earlier actually. I re- it was around the time that I really found that I feel like there's something in this that like when you are you know, when you're in the sort of your teens and you really fall in love with football, that's the betrayal that always hurts uh. the most, isn't it? So I really fell in love with football in my early teens, so that one hurt the most. Um, more than Walker, when I was too young to digest what happened with Campbell, Clint's uh, been announcing he was leaving Spurs soon as after we lost to 4-1 to Everton, says Jimmy. Um, <clears throat> Carl Felix, Daniel, says, does Charlie Kane count? I can answer that with a resounding yes, he definitely does. Um, Andrea says, Bale leaving us on a fair bit, but looking back, it was inevitable. I mean... It, when, if a player leaving leads on to better things, like, as, and to the extent that Bale does, I don't think we can be him can we, like, he yeah, had a pretty good career afterwards, to be fair. Um, Spurs are good, says Berbatov. Uh, another shout for Berbatov from James. Reece says, Robbie will be um, Big Weather Up says, uh, a couple of recent shouts. Um, Danny Rose, into into, which you mentioned before, and again Charlie Kane. Love this one from Baby Blues, says, go compare, man, open in the stadium. And it should have been Adele. Like, it should have been her, man. That is incredible. That's such
2: you, an incredible shout.
1: Yeah, or Sceptre or, you know, anyone. Or anyone uh, that, that wasn't the go-compare man, basically. Literally anyone. hasn't Deer, you know, come on, man. Um, <clears throat> man about dog says Spurs, selling Waddle after buying Lineker. Um Brian Spurs says Sheringham. Uh, we've got a couple of shouts of Walker from Schiffer and Satchelb um john smith says turning on breakfast tv one morning before school they had the biggest transfer in british football history I remember thinking i wonder who that is it was chris waddle i was absolutely gutted still my favorite tottenham player um jp says we betrayed lamella by selling him he'd have died for us That was pretty emotional seeing him against man united the other day i can't lie and certainly feel like we could still use his kind of you know everything about him at the moment more than ever um <clears throat> shane says when sugar sold to ennick Uh, Martin Yule severe game yeah that was a a tough one wasn't it man I think we all um, especially as it's come up quite a lot recently after this whole Stelini thing like remember how horrible that was to happen to Martin Yule who we all loved Um, Stephen Clark comes up again um I love that um, Elysium here has said has posted their dads. My dad has five in no particular order, which I, I like. I think we should do that more, just people posting what their dad thinks as well. Um, my dad has five in no particular order, all of them being perpetu- perpetrated by the club. Got Danny Rose, Keith Birkinshaw, Jimmy Greaves, Martin Hall, Martin Yarl, and Jose Mourinho. Um, Matt Spurs says Robbie Keane leaving the team he supported as a kid to join the team he supported as a kid. Um, <laughs> Elon, Nick Davidson says Berbatov, Holtby, being shit, I was so invested. Yeah, man, weren't we all?
2: This podcast, we... yeah, Norwich I think day. felt was that it
1: Norwich played and made his debut against? I thought he was yeah. going be like the best player ever. I think we spoke about that before as well, but that was um, awful. And Rio Coca says, Stephen Carr, weirdly the little pleb, I think because he was the only good thing in our team at the time, which again, that's a typical Spurs thing, isn't it? We always seem to lose our only good player at the time. So yeah, loads of betrayals, loads of heartbreak, but we're all in this together. And let's be honest, there's more coming.
0: <laughs> oh, God, there are, aren't they? Do we consider all of those like legit betrayals?
1: Like, listen to yeah, I feel all, quite all convinced to, by all of them, to, actually. To various, like, I, I think the overall message is that, like, that, that you can't. Football is just, is just betrayal, isn't it? Like, the, the only people that are mugged off in football is the fans, like the, the players, the managers, the managers, the chairman. They don't care. The, we're the ones that sort of suffer all this stuff. And also, and it's, it's a food
2: chain as well. Like, I'm, chain, I'm always yeah. reminded that. You know, we are relatively high up on that food chain. But you know, unless you're literally Real Madrid, I guess, like would you are they the top of the food chain? Probably yeah. in terms oh, yeah. of like no one Man-season poaches Madrid, their players, yeah. do they? I guess yeah. um, I mean, even, even like Harlan could get poached by Real Madrid, couldn't he? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because if you think sort of the biggest betrayal of all time is like is really Figo going to yeah. Barcelona, they're like going to going from Barcelona to Madrid. Mm. Like give them you know. The only, we, do what can we do? Could we like throw a fucking flaming bowl of mate on Lemmon, the pitch? It's lemons. <laughs> lemons, it's got
2: to be
1: lemons. Do you know what? The only the lemon.
2: only Real Madrid sort of portrayal that I can think of is um is linked. Uh, there's a link back to Spurs. A potential next Spurs manager, Luis Enrique, went from Real Madrid to Barcelona, and I think that was one of the very few occasions it's yeah. happened. It's happened that and way around. He,
1: uh, he didn't choose any Real Madrid players in the World Cup, which is pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. Let's
2: get him. Maybe in I might maybe, love him actually. Yeah. Maybe he is I like... keep trying to make Rosa a case for Luis Enrique. Like that I feel like he's like I've your dream it. guy. <laughs> the betrayal master.
1: <laughs> the pet.
2: Your me. petty king.
0: <laughs> no, let's, let's I did. I had forgotten that about him. Actually, all right. I'm in. Fine. I didn't even let's know, do I, to it. To be honest,
1: I did not know that he managed Real Madrid until you just said
2: that. Oh no, he played. I mean, for... He, he, he played. didn't manage. Remedic he's like one of the few players to yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I no, still think that, that he could us. he could become our manager. I think he's a bit of a dark horse. But we'll mm-hmm. maybe come on to uh, what the hell happens next in a bit. But
0: yeah, should we? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thinking about our sort of the fact that it's only the fans that get screwed over by these events. What do we think of Daniel Levy's apology?
2: Sorry, it's just Daniel earlier. now. He just sorry, goes by just Daniel.
0: Poised, Daniel. It's I like, know we were all super triggered Madonna, by that. Madonna, Oprah. Beyonce. Daniel. Adele, <laughs> Daniel, yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty shit, really, because he I said mean, sorry, but then he just did exactly uh, the same yeah, thing he yeah, always yeah, does. I, I but
2: then to play devil's advocate, what what do we expect, I suppose, right? I mean, it's it was more than you normally get with those statements where it's not sort of an, an open letter from the chairman. It's just a, you know, written statement. Maybe you get a quote from him wishing whichever sacked manager well for the future, but and I'm not, I'm not defending Daniel in the slightest because it almost annoyed me more that he was sort of trying to do this sort of open hearted, I feel as bad as you guys. Yeah, I, this I hurts take the me blame. too. I take the blame. Does it? Yeah. That, that kind of faux responsibility taking isn't going to mean anything until like a Nogglesman level manager walks through the door right now. Like nothing they can say to me is going to make any of this feel better until they show me that they've got their shit sorted out. So it all just feels a little bit patronising and a little bit annoying. But I suppose, is it better than like nothing? Like if they'd just put a sort of three-line statement out saying – Christian Cellini and his team have been relieved of their duties. We thank them for their work and wish them well. Like, would that have been better or worse? What, for you guys, what do you reckon?
0: I mean, now you put it like that, I guess not. But at the same time, I'm just so maddened by these... You know, it makes it sound like something different is happening, but it's not. I mean, when we, he's mm. just done... Exactly the same thing he did two years ago, only somehow worse. Two two weeks ago, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think I think people will literally study. I think in those like weird sort of football university seminar things that people pay thousands of pounds to attend, for centuries they will look back at this few months of Tottenham Hotspur and. Just pinpoint this is how you do not figure shit out. Like, this is how you blow up a season in like four quick weeks. Like, no one will ever again sack a manager and leave his less talented, less charismatic staff in place when you have 10 Premier League matches left and you're sat in the Champions League places is, with the club's greatest ever ten. players' we future on four. the line. We were that's in fourth with 10 season, games. Yeah.
0: That's
1: a quarter. It's, it's literally a quarter, but. I mean, it's almost literally a quarter of a season, like
2: when you're trying to persuade Harry Kane to give you know the rest of his good years to your club. That is what you, that is what you do. Like it's, I mean, we spoke about this at length last week, but it's absolutely like you cannot wrap your head around it. And you know, I think we all get. You know, we're all being, I'm sure, bombarded with like hilarious, you know, WhatsApp memes, and all of our non Spurs fans, friends are having a wonderful time making fun of Spurs. But there are the occasional days where you're just like. I don't
0: have any non Spurs fan friends, so I've I've just (laughs) called my friendship group.
2: (laughs) But like, there are days like today and yesterday where, and yesterday being the Newcastle game, where you're just like, yeah, fair enough. Like, I'm going to start forwarding them around as well because like, I'm so embarrassed right now that the only thing you can do. And I suppose the only thing we are good at is because we are trained in this, right? This is where we sort of come to the fore as Spurs fans. It's dealing with these preposterous situations, finding them darkly amusing at points. I think the poch stuff has like made it perhaps a bit too bleak for even us. But largely we are so well equipped at being self-deprecating and, you know, knowing that it's not going to last for a long time. It's, you know, it'll, it'll all things will pass, etc. But we are like... As as Billy might say, we are like down pretty fucking bad right now. This is like hilarious. I said that bad. in November, and then that was
1: compared to this. This is like fucking. Come
2: on, November was what? Like we just lost the game and someone got injured. Yeah, we were like, yeah. uh, we, were,
1: we were no longer in the title race. Um,
0: do you remember? Like at the beginning of the season, I predicted. I was like, we're not going to win anything, but it'll be it'll be a roller coaster. I was like, we just, but it's been a bit of, it's just been headed down, straight down for so long now.
1: That's oblivion. Oblivion. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Um,
1: I have to talk about it because it's been rent-free in my mind ever since uh, it appeared. I need to know the process behind this quiz um, because to me that was the the standout of the statement. (laughs) I want to know, right, so if, if you sort of track the timeline of it, so this whole what, the Stellini thing came out, what, this morning, was it, that he was going to be sacked? And, like, the, obviously they briefed um, people like Jack Burke. Uh, oh, like, they were,
0: things. like, considering his future, considering which is just the most classic Tottenham thing.
2: Oh, we have to, it was, da- Dan went first with this. We have Dan to give our, our Dan friend Dan, right friend of the show, Dan Kilpatrick, oh, very I, much went first.
1: Yeah. I'm guessing that they basically, he has essentially spent the rest of that time devising this sort of statement to, to go over it, because he knew he couldn't really just do it. And I need to know the exact sort of thought process that went behind this quiz. Like, do you think he sort of started off of like best regards or um, from Daniel? And then he was like, no, I'm going to be really hated at the moment. Um, how can I get the fans back on side? I know I'll just put in coys, and that will hopefully win a few of them. I need to know what happened there. What is the thought? When you talk about things being studied at university, I need to know. The exact thought process that went behind that coin and was because, it him
0: or did someone suggest yeah. it yeah yeah, and, yeah you
1: know like the, obviously we'll talk about layer but you know when you're sort of watching succession at the moment the, you have these board meetings where people like just you just get someone shout should we just like end up with coys? and then they're all like <laughs> yeah I mean like, you know, sort of taking well, the for context Billy yeah.
2: I just I just Googled <laughs> his open letter to the supporters um on on uh, the 19th of May 2021 um, so it was his programme notes ahead of the last home game of the season against Villa so after Jose sacked he makes his promises about finding a coach with um, you know the right Spurs DNA attacking football blah 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 can you can either of you guess what his sign off his sign off was for that letter uh, was it come on you Spurs yeah
1: that's what I was going to say come
2: it on, wasn't it wasn't come on you Spurs no not Coy's not quite, no.
1: Um,
0: Up the spurs.
2: There's no spurs in there. There's
0: no spurs. Okay. Um, was it just really?
1: Best, best, best. Daniel.
2: It's one word. It's one word. Regards. Nearly. You're so close. It's just yours. Yours, <laughs> oh, okay. Daniel. Oh,
0: no, nice. it's okay. <laughs>
2: Yours. How do we let them go away with this shit? It's so ridiculous.
0: Because there's no <laughs> talking you know to us like we're
2: toddlers.
0: Because we don't have another option. Like as much as no. I, you know, it's a
2: dictatorship. Love... It My dad is. said this to me today. It's a dictatorship. Like, what can you do? Like, because and also,
1: the way they're behaving now... sort of reading that statement as like a like, from a business perspective. Like, he doesn't actually mention once that so it's from Daniel Levy. He literally uh, this says from Daniel. And at no point, if you're talking about the sort of like PR and like the, the way that it all runs, he doesn't say from Daniel Levy, the, the chairman of top, he just, he, the arrogance to just say, oh, it's, I'm Daniel
2: and you know exactly who I am.
0: It's just things fact. we do though, Bill. Yeah, we do. We do. But That's that, the even problem. that,
2: that even that, right. would have been so yeah. that would have been so carefully like thought out as well. I'm just saying. Yeah. The they man. would have spent sure hours, Daniel. hours deciding, you know, because it's one thing for him to sign it off, like, Coy's Daniel, but it was the fact that that the tweet literally said like from Daniel, didn't it? As if like this was some sort of
1: of or chat message from the chairman. Yeah like Daniel, where has that come from?
2: But they're clearly but trying to do, it's, it's PR, tweaking. isn't it? It's
0: PR rubbish and no yeah. one's actually going to do anything. Do you know what this is? This is like the dying days of a government, right? Which hopefully we are witnessing also right now, where they're running around going, this is fine, this is fine. We're just going to carry on just yeah, doing whatever. It's
1: succession. It's, but, it's every succession episode and like every thick of the episode. And like it's just yeah. I- idiots. But we, we can't vote these guys interview. out. We don't, we can't.
2: And it also feels worryingly like succession in that he seems... Daniel seems increasingly just surrounding himself with people that perhaps, you know, that aren't sort of voices in the room that are saying, actually, maybe coy's Daniel isn't maybe, that's this isn't the right time. Like, the fans aren't going to get behind this. Like, maybe Daniel, we should, you know, make this a bit more formal or something. It just sounds like now it's just a bunch of yes people and sycophants that are just agreeing with him because to me he sounds like he's developing a real chip on his shoulder about how he's perceived and no one's respecting all the work he's done and all of this stuff and he just seems to be more and more sort of outwardly Mardi when he does sort of speak now so you know maybe the fact that there is some sort of faux responsibility being claimed with this most recent missive is a step in the right direction but like I said until he actually pulls a rabbit out of the hat with a manager
1: or indeed a director of football we don't
2: don't have one of them either so anyone just walking through the door with some sort of clout would be half decent but I don't know um should we
0: should we move on from there to think (laughs) to actually try to think about what like, how bad um, things are pretty bad. I sort of feel like we don't really need to go over that probably. We're, we're pretty fucked. Right? I mean, the
2: rest of the season's um, like done for, right? Bill, yeah, even
1: I do, do want to say that um, I think it's unfortunate that Ryan Mason has found himself in this position because I don't think it's very fair. Um, I'm glad he's got the, like the chance to, to sort of do something, but he should have been given this chance um, four games ago. Yeah. Um, and I just hope that he can sort of what I'm hoping will happen now is he'll have a sort of He'll, he'll pick us up a little bit. You know, we're probably going to lose our next two games, let's be honest, because this man United and Liverpool, but hopefully we'll finish the season with at least some sort of decent football and maybe a couple of results. And that he kind of leaves to get a job and does really well. And then hopefully maybe even comes back one day because uh, he is sort of in the crossfire of all this. And he, he's not, I, I mm. don't really put him to blame for any of it. Um, and I just kind of hope that if, if anything comes from this, it's sort of. Now, as a chance for Ryan Mason to to now sort of prove himself as a manager and go go elsewhere, do really well, yeah, and, yeah. you know, maybe he can he can come back. Um, he can be the next guy after the next guy. Mm. I mean, it's I mean, honestly, of...
0: I would take him as the next guy. I know that sounds mental.
1: Um, it doesn't really matter. But I just, if that's been. what we're
0: going to do, if we're going to start all over again, I I would rather it just like he's the only person I will you know love more than Pochettino. So.
2: It's just so mad that they didn't give him the job, like yeah. for the interim job, when you think back to the fact that he literally he knows what to do in this situation because in twenty twenty one he was in this exact situation, yeah. And he's worse. talked
0: about it since about it was because he had do... a cup
2: final like yeah. five days after you know he was appointed, like he literally is the one person that knows how to deal with a sort of crisis of this magnitude at at this club, and yet and also had coached more top-level professional football matches than Christian Stellini. Like, Mason coached a cup final and then six Premier League games, four of which he won. Stellini had coached, what, a game or two in Serie C? And that was literally it. I know he'd stepped in sack. for Conte. You got you he got sacked. He got sacked.
1: in he C. I know. He, I
2: know Stellini, and this is, you know, this was obviously the issue in that Stellini did do quite well in the games where he stood in for Conte when um, Antonio was ill. But... Just like I firmly believe
0: that was all Ryan now, anyway, based on yeah. the evidence. I
2: mean, is- you know, it's worth pointing out as well. The only the only bright spot of the sort of mini Stellini era was after he got sent off and against Brighton and we went on to score the winner when he was in the stands. So that was all down to Ryan, I'm deciding. Yeah. Yeah. Um so good luck, Ryan. Like I dread to think what's going to happen on Thursday night. I mean i guess we should vaguely talk about i'm not going i can't go we're a, on a family trip um so i really wish I, w- I wasn't going because i was making a stand or whatever but i also feel like now that ryan's in charge this isn't you know i know we now I, they've put us I in a bind behind they? the team
0: because i was very much like nobody should go you should not go Um, Ollie was going to get a ticket and I was like, I'm not like, I'm actually putting my foot down. You cannot Yeah, thanks,
2: Rosa. He was going to buy my ticket off me. (laughs) Sorry about that. that, So (laughs) cheers.
0: But now I feel like I want to support Ryan, but I also don't want to approve. I don't want it to be interpreted as any sort of tacit approval of the board's actions. So you're not going. Would you go? Mm. Were you here?
2: I think I would have, yeah. like. I think I would have. Um, I, I don't think I would had Stelini still been in charge, but I think now he's not, I would have gone, yeah. Mm.
0: Billy, are you going?
1: I am going, and mm-hmm. the main reason that I'm going is because I'm also striking that day, and I've got a full day to uh, make the most of going to Tottenham early for a night game, which I never, ever get to Yeah, do so they're not going
0: to take that away, yeah. away from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but...
1: no. and And um, I... Um, I just, I think now that we're at a point where there's lots of sort of, we can't, we can't carry on with this. Like, uh, you know, at board level, it's, it's awful. Like, it's it's absolutely awful. And I really respect, you know, the, all the different sort of ideas that fans are coming up with. I know a lot of people people will be protesting, um, which I feel everyone has the right to do at the moment. I know a lot of people are, you know, suggesting boycotting. My problem is with boycotting. Um, I, I love it as an idea. I, I genuinely think things like, you know, not spending money in the stadium and not turning up to stadium are a great idea because that's the only way you're ever really going to make these people listen. The problem I have with that is it's very hard to get the kind of numbers that make a meaningful difference. Say, for example, if you've got a thousand people to boycott the game, which is that's, you know, that's a lot of people doing it. That's not even going to be noticeable to, to like the club. It's not unless you sort of, it's really hard to do and it's really hard to know what to do because I don't think as fans we can stand for this anymore. I really, really don't. But the, the thing about it is that the club have got us over a barrel. Like If we, say, for example, we don't renew our season tickets next season, someone else is going to take them. We, we've got a we've got a wasting list of tens of thousands. Say, for example, you boycott the games, you know, it's going to like it'll be minimal numbers compared to what needs to happen. I just think, I don't know, uh, we need to do something. I know that, that you know, that you've got change for Tottenham who are pushing lots of ideas there. You know, you've got people that are protesting. And I just think as fans, we need to come together and we need to, you know we need to let the the board and we need to let the chairman and we need to let, the, we can't accept this anymore like we just cannot it's just um like when you and Charlie or Greenlaw all those things that have happened like that is not acceptable on any level um it's not an acceptable way to run a business it's it's a laughing stock we are an absolute laughing stock at the moment so i very much respect any fans that is going to do something about it on says they be that boycotting and be that protesting um i know change for Tottenham are suggesting people print banners and things and take you know um Flags and all that kind of stuff. I respect anyone that is trying to do something about it, and you know, people often ridicule really cool, you know the numbers and things, but at least you know people are trying to do something. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but I just think as fans we have to let them know that this is not acceptable. We can't accept it as fans. Um, and the, the difficult thing for me about this is they've kind of put Ryan Mason into it, who doesn't deserve to be the sort of the guy taking this because
2: the Human Shield I, again, yeah. the
1: Human Shield again. Because I, I imagine we'll probably lose on Thursday regardless of who is manager, because. It's just, we're playing a, a better team at the moment, you know, compared to this that we've got at the moment. And there's
0: just too much work to do. It's
1: just it's too much work to yeah. do. And then Ryan Mason's mm. going to be, you know, why you know, why should we put, we put Ryan Mason at the front of this? When it should be Daniel Levy that is taking this,
2: this lap. Um, and so he's like,
0: gonna, now he's got three days to try to put something together. Exactly. Like he, he could, you could yeah. have had an
2: international break. Yeah. He could have had an international break. Or just you after know. Bournemouth. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. When there was
1: a week... Ryan, Ryan Mason is not a back five manager by any stretch of the imagination. As we saw him when he taken over, and we know that he's been heavily influenced by uh, Mauricio, who is also not generally a, a back five manager. And like as the new console game showed, you you need a preseason to coach a back five team into a back four team. Like it did not work with any with any stretch of the imagination. We, we just, need some full you need we, some fullbacks as well. And we've bought the we've bought a back five team for Conte, who's now gone. And the person who did bought those players is also now gone. So it's a real mess, but um yeah, I just respect anyone standing up for their views at the moment because, um, yeah. in, in whatever way they're doing it, because it's not acceptable.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm so intrigued to hear how loud the sort of Levy out or whatever chance are chanted, particularly, you know, if we go a goal down relatively early, you'd imagine it's going to get quite ugly, sort of. And I don't, I don't, Ryan I don't Mason think my, affection or not, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think Ryan Mason will get any flack from the fans, and nor should he, but um, I imagine the. I hope the, the sort of victory will be aimed squarely at Daniel Levy. Or Dan. I'm sure it will
0: be. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Do you, Okay, so we've got United on Thursday and then we've got to go to Anfield on Sunday. Cool, cool, cool.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'm just going to ask you guys for your aggregate score predictions. Charlie?
2: Um, I'm going to go 8-0. No, 8-1. I think we'll score one goal... On Thursday, I think we'll lose 3-1 and then I think we'll lose 5-0 at Anfield. And I, do you know what, I I say this and like, you know, I know we're trying to sort of kind of make light of it because gallows humor and all that, but it's really, really upsetting. Like, you know, in, in recent time, I mean, remember last season when we went to Anfield and we needed to get a result. They went to Anfield. We were really unlucky not to come away with a win. They played so well, like, you know, Sess he plays like Ces, season, you know, yeah, yeah wow. like all of these guys, Royale and Sess, they were amazing, and it just—I can't believe we we are where we are, like twelve months later. It's extraordinary how much they've messed this up. Like, and it
0: feels like it's easier to harm to like undo good work than to. It feels like it's easier to break things than to put them back together, doesn't yeah. it? That's the problem. Yeah.
2: I mean, I you know, I I'm always a firm believer, and I think I said this on the last episode. I think if you're a very rich Premier League club, which we are, you know, we're not as rich as maybe three or four other, maybe five other clubs, but we are a very rich Premier League club. You can fix things relatively quickly. As long as you, you know, luck out or are smart in appointing a good coach and you identify players that will work with that coach, things can turn around pretty quickly. You know, we're we're proof of that, right? We went from Nuno to top four in seven months. I think you can, you can do it, but, Like the the deck is stacked so much against us right now that I I think it's fair to say like we've not we we've potentially never been in this sort of situation where the drop off has felt so dramatic and we're potentially unraveling with so much momentum sort of pushing us down that it could get really bad really quickly. So anyway, (laughs) I think eight eight one is my aggregate score. I think we're going to get thrashed at Anfield and like probably be lucky to keep it. To five is my my guess
0: yeah i think so too my prediction is 10-1 wow (laughs) (laughs) i think we'll probably i think it'll be about yeah 4-1 on thursday and then it'll be like a 6-0 i think i just if if we could just keep it to less than united got thrashed by but i don't i mean i'm slightly more confident now because it's not stellini and you'd have to think there'll be Even a tiny bit more organised, but honestly, before that, I was like, "Liverpool aren't going to take their foot off the gas. They're not going to show us any mercy. Like, if they sense that they could get a record win, they will go for it." Yeah, and that is genuinely like that is like I'm not I'm not watching. I'm turning everything off. I just I don't I don't want to be conscious basically for that time (laughs) period because I think it will be genuinely frightful. Billy, any improvement?
1: Um, well, slightly. I think it'll be seven on I actually have a feeling that Man United will be a lower level win for them. I just think they'll probably score like one goal, and, or I think they might win that two now and just sort of bore it out because I watched them against um, Brighton. They're, they're not, you know, they just contract for time and things. I just think they'll, they'll be better than us, but not that much better than us. Um, and they've obviously played a lot of Sevilla and the Europa League lately, so they've got a lot in their legs, they've got a lot of injuries. But I think Liverpool will absolutely hammer us. they just scored 11 goals in their last three games. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> they're scoring, you know, for fun at the moment. So, uh, uh, yeah, that could be anything. So, I'm going to go um, 7-0 overall.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, I wonder I what the record overall
1: is like the the, the optimistic tape. That's, you
0: know, nothing <laughs> about that. <bad.
2: laughs> also, I wonder where that would put, like, surely we'd be breaking some sort of Premier League record for, like, worst run of
0: executive yeah
2: they will have that
0: for sure I mean we do have a lot of these terrible records so let's just what's one more frankly
1: how bad Um, do you think it has to get for them to sack Ryan Mason (laughs) in the next (laughs) (laughs) question is there a world where we can sack Ryan Mason before the end of the season yeah (laughs) if if
0: somebody calls if Daniel Levy calls Pochettino tonight that's it but um, yeah obviously that's not happening Um, I so things are my, the thing is, when I, was, when I was thinking about, you know, the sort of drubbings that we've just experienced and the drubbings that are lying in wait for us, I, it just obviously made me think back to the AVB Sherwood season where we got kind of slapped, like, regularly by City and Liverpool and even, like, West Ham at that point. Um, that was a dark time. But then the very next season ended up being one of the happiest of our lives. So I mean,
1: that that's a sort of it's, it happens a lot of time. Like you, all we have to do is get the next appointment right. I, I know that mm. is obviously, you know, famous last words. It just takes one appointment to sort all of this out. That's all it is going to take. And if you know if it is Julian Nagelsmann, then maybe all this will be worth it in the end. But it's he's only got like he's made fifteen decisions wrong in a row. But all he's got to do is get the sixteenth one right, and things start looking up again. Like mm. um, do
0: you really? My only, I just, see. I just oh god, I'm I'm not if it's the if it's the decision that is sort of the beginning of like a bunch of other good decisions yes but i feel like so much of what's wrong now is that this is the kind of end result of a process that basically started with sacking pouch well actually i would say the sort of original sin of this whole era was not buying anyone in january 2017 yeah yeah i think it's, it's, that it's, it's laid yeah, yeah. Um, that just I guess that Because then the squad wasn't refreshed and then it all got very tired and then everybody ran out of energy and we kind of made that glorious run towards the final, which we inevitably lost. And then after that, they just kind of couldn't put themselves back together again. Mm. And then Pochettino got sacked. And, it, and honestly, I think since then, what we've been doing is we've been in a rebuilding era, but we haven't, but we've been pretending that we're not.
1: Yeah, and we've hired managers that don't rebuild. They're, yeah, they're not-
0: we've been trying to eke out the sort of last, we've been trying to kind of wring out every last drop from from a squad that didn't, which is fine if that squad had like won something, but it didn't. So it's like if it didn't, now, when I look back at it, and even though I thought at the time, like the Jose appointment, obviously I was heartbroken when um, Potch got sacked, but the Jose appointment I thought was fine and then Conte as well. But now if I look back at it, I'm like, that team didn't win anything. It's like Zenith. So I don't know what made them think it could win anything, you know, when it was on its way down, you know. So that's my only I just feel like it's been like several bad decisions after another, even though there've been a couple of good decisions. Like, like I think the Conte appointment was good, and we got a lot out of it last yeah, season. We did, but it's just, I just, I, I, I want some sort of evidence that they are that the whole thing is going to be looked at, and I just, I don't know, really.
2: I mean, I suppose we are bringing in this Aussie guy. Like, that's true as a sort of, you know, breakwater between whoever replaces Pratichi and Levy. So that's hopefully one good move. I just hope that whoever the manager is, they bring in a coach that, sorry, they bring in um, a director of football person where their ideas align and that they're in sync and the director of football knows what sort of players are going to work for that coach because, you know, I think, I think Billy's mentioned this before. It felt like some of Paratici's purchases weren't exactly sort of Conte players. And then we've, you know, through all sorts of muddled recruitment and manager changes, ended up with this sort of Frankenstein's monster of a squad. What we need to do, hopefully, is to have some alignment on that front so that we can start building a squad that actually is in sync with itself, with its coach, with the people scouting, And everything supports itself. And that's what we've not had, I don't think. And that's where, you know, the only upside to both Pratichy and Conte leaving is that it gives us a chance to start from scratch in that sense. And hopefully, you know, this this Scott Munn character is the sort of person who is common sense driven that will guide Levy in a way that, you know, he's not been led before. And we can make these right appointments and start getting a squad that feels like it makes sense. Um, but that's an awful lot of work. It's an awful lot of work. Um, but we can only hope, right? Because otherwise, what's the I mean, point? we have zero. otherwise,
0: <laughs> yeah, what have we got really? Um, you know, it's It's a lot of work. It's a big task. But at least sort of acknowledging the task is a, you know, first step, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just, should we just move away from the gloom and doom of the men? Because what is great this week is there is just a tiny little ray of light with um, the women's team. And obviously, uh, there's a lot to fix there as well. And I also want to see some acknowledgement of mistakes made there, even if they're not going to put it in a letter, at least I, I want to know going forward that there's a plan for that team as well, um, because that has sort of suffered quite a lot of the similar, like a lot of the same problems. However, this weekend, Aston Villa came to town and they did not leave with three points. Um, They left with one, which in the actual circumstances was kind of a bummer because although we went 2-0 down really quickly, it was basically like 5-0 in the men's after 20 minutes and 2-0 down in the women's after 20 minutes, so that wasn't great. Um, Got back on level terms Um, through two two Evelina Simonon goals. And actually there was a bit of um, sort of formation shake up and Asmita Ale came back into the team, which was great. And so it was Bethany England and Evelina playing up front and it meant that Ash Neville was also playing further forward. So that helped, I think. Um, Anyway, Evelina got two goals, so it obviously worked. And then um, Bethany England scored to make it 3-2 And honestly, I was just sitting there just, I was like, please, please, please hold on because it was, it would have been such a massive deal. But unfortunately, inevitably Villa got a sort of late equaliser, which with Rachel Daly scoring, which was a real downer. But I sort of feel that like that's, even though it's better to be disappointed that you drew rather than kind of relieved that we'd get like scraped to draw. So I feel like that kind of bodes it's relatively stopped the bleeding, well. right? It's stopped it the bleeding. It has. And also, I feel like what we're doing now is I think the defence is still quite ropey, to be honest. Um, but if the way to survive is just to score more goals, then let's just do it that way. That is the sort of Spurs mm-hmm. way of avoiding relegation, let's be honest. So might as well go for that. So I feel quite, um, I don't know, I feel way more positive. And we were also helped. By Brighton and Reading both losing so it, really importantly it's still very very tight at the bottom we're ninth I think yes um so, but there's only like you know two or three points in it so that's quite scary um and next weekend is a real biggie um we're going, we're going to be at the stadium but we're playing Brighton so I really feel quite terrified about that but I think like we've got to win it basically there isn't there's no way around it um, I kind of I don't have any sort of feelings about it either way I'd like to go it's on a really annoying time it's like 5 30 which isn't not
2: very family a of, friendly time it's though. not
0: and I don't you know and we've talked about this before like it doesn't all have to be like about taking no, your kids or no. whatever but I would like to take my kids and mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I'll be able to because it's just too yeah. late and too far away Um, but I might try and make it anyway because I think much as I like, even when I was like, I'm not going back to our stadium, that club's not getting any more of my money, I was also like... However, I really, like... If anyone can make it, I really feel like we all should, like, as many of us should try to get there as possible because it, like, is a proper, proper brunch fixture. That's a real six-pointer, I think. The stadium's
2: we- not had a women's game that means something in that way. I know we've had North London derbies, but, you know, they're a procession for Arsenal and they probably will exactly. be for a while. You know. This is like... They have to if we win this,
0: that's it, I think. We're safe. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't, we might still be safe, but we will we'll be in big trouble and we'll be Mm. reliant on what happens in the other fixtures. So yeah. Really, I'm gonna do my level best to get down there. So fingers crossed. Okay, guys, we've kind of gone we've really gone through it this Mm. evening, haven't we? Should we like talk about some nice stuff now? (laughs)
2: <laughs> let's let's talk about culture for a minute. Now.
0: Let's do culture, shall we? Um, Billy, what have you been up to this week? I know you were like away, so I don't even know if you've had a chance. I'm sure you found time. You always yeah, I,
1: I did find time. Um, I've been to the Isle of Wight with 90 kids, um, which was actually really, really nice. Um, and when I got back, I watched Rye Lane, which is um, yeah. amazing in every single way. And it's like, you know when you just finish a film and it kind of like... It feels like, you know, it's sort of really changed your life and in, in how good it was. That, this is the first time I felt that this year. It's, it's a really amazing debut film from a director. Um, you, it's one of those ones that you watch that you can't believe it's someone's debut. Like, how is that the first one we've ever made? It's it's really strange to describe it. It's kind of like, a, it's a rom-com, but it, it feels like a musical with no songs. And there's, over, there's, like, anyone who lives in London will absolutely adore it because there's so many London references. There's so many, like... Cultural references for people our age, but garage music and RB music and all that kind of stuff. It just feels like the perfect film to describe London, someone who doesn't live there. It's just yeah, I I absolutely found in love of that film. And um, yeah, I would highly recommend it. I think it comes to Disney Plus in May, um early May. Um so yeah, very, very highly recommend it. And the director it's definitely one to watch and i also like the actor. i forget sorry i forget the name of the actor but he's also in that industry which is another great show um i think he's gonna move, go on to big things so yeah definitely Riley Lane great great film. it
0: sounds like just my dream film to be honest i remember yeah, like, when I, 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 said,
1: in- I said in the group that every single member of hometown glory will absolutely love it for different reasons yeah obviously you're i know that there's loads of like i think that I remember reading an uh, interview with director where she talked. I meant to mention this to you actually. She talks about is there an Ethiopian restaurant in Camboil or something. She talks about
0: that. And um, it's um, it's down it's downstairs from where I yeah.
1: live. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> no, exactly. I knew you would be sort of tapped into that world. Um, yeah. yeah. She's like it's it's basically South London the, the film, so you will definitely love it.
0: This is it. And when all the trailers came out, I was so, uh, you know, I just, like I said to you guys, I felt like totally persecuted by the fact that it was only out in cinema. So I'm absolutely thrilled here that it's um, going to be on Disney really soon. It looks, yeah, you know, I mean, also, yes, yeah, the South London stuff, the music stuff. You guys, you guys, you like guys know I your, love a rom-com. It's all yeah. of your
1: box. It is. <laughs> that's
0: it. I feel like I, we need this. We really, you know, just the universe giving us some gifts that's what we want how about you Charlie
2: I'm gonna call out something that I also think you'll really love uh Rosa I'm gonna call out uh the TV show Jury Duty Jury Duty if I can say it out loud with James Marsden um written by a couple of guys that were on the um the US office writing team it's a sort of frank reality meets comedy meets sort of that very officey, interview to camera, sort of sideways look kind of vibe about this pretend court case in the States where every single person in it is an actor, apart from one guy who thinks it's all real. So James Marsden plays himself um, and then all the other jurors and the two lawyers and the person that's... um, being taken to trial and the person trying to prosecute him everyone else is playing characters they're all actors apart from james marsden is playing himself and this sort of unsuspecting guy called ronald who just thinks he's caught up in this like ridiculous court case and so
0: hang on is this like a real it's a real prank or is it
2: yeah like so, yeah to be a so prank? it's no it's real oh my no god, it's so real this he has guys... no idea oh my god I he has no idea so they sell it to him they sell it to him that they're doing a sort of behind-the-scenes documentary about what it's really like to be on a, on a jury. So it's like a never-before-seen sort of look at the realities of, you know, what you have to go through, how boring it is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it is hilarious. Like, it's such a lovely bit of light relief. It's half an hour episodes. James Marsden just has the absolute time of his life sort of really having. a You know how I up. feel
0: about that man.
2: I I do. And I feel very similar. And he's just so, so funny because he's just like, could not be enjoying himself more. Just playing up, being a sort of, you know, entitled, egotistical Hollywood maniac. Um, And more than, more than, you know, happy just to sort of take the piss out of himself constantly. And it's just a joy. And the guy, they've lucked out so brilliantly with the guy that they're this, this Ronald guy that doesn't know that it's all a big sham He's just like so game and so sort of like really lovely and is very funny himself and very sharp but not sharp enough to realize that so this is all <laughs> this is all fake. So it's perfect. So that's my that's my only recommendation this week. Also, if you've not yet started watching Beef, you have to watch Beef because it's. I know that there's some murkiness around one of the guys sure. in that, but it is. I've decided that I'm going to separate that. Perhaps I shouldn't. Okay. No, it's no, no, one no! Because I'm a bit
0: like, oh, because I didn't start watching it, and then all this stuff came out, and I was like, oh, yeah,
2: my
1: God. I am. It I'm is one the of the, the single of best right, shows
2: right. I've seen in the last like five years. It is. To, it's got um... everything. It's so good. It's so good. You a twenty-four man. In. They just don't miss. Yeah.
1: You have to fill me in. I don't know any of that stuff because I've been on on the Isle of Wight, so I missed all that. So I it's not
2: finished. either of
0: the two leads. So no, it's sort of the
2: third main character. Um, very. Some very shady comments. Uh, he, he plays Isaac in it. Um, he, yeah, he made some very dark remarks um, a few years ago on a podcast that have come to light again. Um,
1: I finished it yesterday as well. I absolutely loved it. Yeah,
2: e- Episode nice. nine, the second to last episode, Billy, I think I... It was like watching, it's like a horror film. Yeah, it's like, I wasn't,
1: I was uh, slightly disappointed by the finale, to be honest, but I think. I think the finale is
0: so often miss. I, yeah, I feels like you can't I really. Like,
1: I feel like, it. I remember seeing, I remember Vince Gilligan on Breaking Bad. He says these days, the penultimate episode is the finale. And like the finale, yeah. what, which I do agree. A lot of TV shows seem to go down that route these days.
2: Um, they, but yeah. The, yeah. The they, they went, they went a bit things. too sort of existential with the, with the final episode, I think the oh, the second question. to last episode is one of the most shocking 40 minutes of TV I've seen in a long, long time. It's just every second you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm watching. This is extraordinary.
0: So it's um, like watching Tottenham.
2: Yeah not, yeah. not had
0: to make that joke for a while. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> those those
2: are my two. Rosa, what's yours?
0: Um, Yeah, actually, there's quite a good sort of link because I'm just gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about yellow jackets again because I really want everybody to watch it. But just thinking about shows that had that did have perfect finales, Six Feet Under was that show. And Lauren Ambrose, who played Claire Fisher, has just rocked up in yellow jackets, which is an absolute thrill. I just it's it's a real yellow jackets, man. It's just like a real messy show. It's quite ambitious and some of the stuff it tries doesn't really work, but it is it just has incredible performances. And last week, Melanie Linsky just gave this speech that was one of the most like chilling speeches I've ever heard. And she delivered it in this kind of just incredible Melanie Linsky way that. She's having
2: a year, isn't she? She's she really, this is
0: it. I feel we're living in, you know, dark, dark times in many ways. But the fact that she is having a breakout year is something quite special, really, at her age. And you know, no, shade to her. I think she's a beautiful woman, but she doesn't, you know, look the way, she, you know, people assume a sort of superstar is going to look. And I just feel like she's so talented. So it's just purely recognition of her talent, basically. And I, I don't know, I find that really moving in a way. So even though it's kind of a wild, creepy why am I rooting for these people? They are not great. It's also, it's also very cool to have that because I think we quite often associate those kind of roles with men. And it's not often that women get a chance to play those where it's like, this person is doing a ton of terrible things and I want them to get away with every single one of them. So uh, yeah. That's um,
2: that's quite Ali Wong's character in. uh, Yeah.
0: So maybe it's, we're sort of, you know, maturing as a society and we're kind Mm. of able to watch that stuff now. Yeah. That's cool. Um, But the main thing that you guys know I'm going to talk about is that I went to see Guys and Dolls at the Bridge Theatre on Saturday night. Yes, you did. I had the time of my life. It was an absolute blast. I love that musical. It is essentially flawless, but I'd sort of forgotten how flawless it is. Just kind of genuinely, banger after banger. There's like just a one-two punch of Adelaide's lament followed by Guys and Dolls, which like you're not going to see better basically you're not going to hear better you're not going to see better it's like brilliantly staged it's sort of half immersive so there's mostly action like if you can get tickets where everybody's kind of standing around and they do a lot of it on sort of raised platforms that move around um we were seated kind of up but it's quite a small space so you really kind of feel like you're taking part anyway it's just a joy and You know, some of it is probably sort of dated plot-wise, but it also feels just a very, the way they've done it, it feels more romantic than anything else, I would say. So, and it's just, everybody in it is supremely talented. And actually, I did have a moment when I was watching it just thinking, I was like, shall I just, you know, bin off football and become just Mm -hmm. like a full-time theatre nerd like my brother? Um, but actually, you know when football's good, man. It's like when you're watching really talented people do what they do best. Like I had that experience yeah. watching everyone in guys and dolls. But we we, you know, when we when we get it good with football, that's what we get to see. And I guess that is what keeps us all coming back for more week after week, really. With the hope. And it will we- get better.
2: It's gonna it get will, better, right? guys. Yeah. We have to believe that. It's gonna get yeah. better. Not for the next little while, but or maybe it will. Maybe Ryan Mason is going to inspire yeah. some fight. We'll see.
0: Crazier things have happened, I'm sure, somewhere.
2: <laughs> In the annals of history, someone will be able to locate something crazier than that, mm-hmm. but it might be beyond us right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do it. Um, I feel like that's the perfect place to end. Thanks, guys. Um, we'll see you, yeah, on the other side of our 7 nil or ten one one drubbings, or better, let's hope. Billy, we see us out.
1: Coys Daniel.